Expanding your mind with Grant Hicks, a boundary-breaking show designed to dissect subjects such as spirituality, past lives, hypnosis, the esoteric, ancient history, the universe, energy, extraterrestrials, conspiracies, the earth, and more. Welcome to another episode of Expanding Your Mind with Grant Hicks. <clears throat> this week's episode is on freedom of speech. Does it still exist? I think we know the answer to that, don't we, really? I um, hope you don't mind me sipping my wanded water. If you don't know, this is the magic wand. Um, terahertz technology. Wand in the water. Sounds like a hairdryer. But I forgot to mention before that it once you want the water, your structure in the water, because if you're drinking, I'm just digressing slightly, if you're drinking dead water, that's no good for your body. It needs to be structured water, living water. So that's what this does. And it tastes like liquid velvet once you've structured it. And if you don't mind, I'll sip it throughout because um, on the last podcast, it was nice and warm, it's warm water water and um and i forgot to drink throughout and then when i drank it was freezing cold hmm. so nice and just to think many many years ago we we're brought up on coca-cola lemonade uh all these fizzy drinks and always going, oh yeah that's what we want not realizing there's loads of chemicals in it and um making us ill later on in life who thought that as you get older you know water is the key of life water is life isn't it um why don't people drink more of it anyway yeah freedom of speech does it still exist i know you're all shouting at the screen or on the radio no it bloody doesn't and maybe you're right um uh, and what it is it's sometimes i see things online or just you know out and about and it seems everyone is really wound up tight not everyone but the majority of people are really wound up tight <clears throat> and well the whole of whole of life is a minefield because when you start questioning things oh hold on that doesn't make any sense why this why that hold on a minute surely that would be beneficial for mankind um why isn't it out why don't we have that well we know the answers to that and when you start questioning, you you kind of <clears throat> gravitate towards like-minded people. And you, it's a difficult one when you're in the beginning stages of awakening. <laughs> the word's been hijacked now. I don't really like using it too much. Same as spiritual. Don't really like using that word too much because you find out most spir uh, spiritual people are the least spiritual people you'll ever meet, which we'll go on to. And... Um, so if you're feeling a bit lost in the beginning stage, where do I go? Oh my God, I've just learned this information. And it's triggered something inside of you, deep inside of you. Some it won't. And, and you know, I've given information of our people have asked questions and I've given them, you know, a fair amount of information. Research this, do this, do this, do this. Nothing. It hasn't touched them yet. It hasn't touched them yet. doesn't matter. It's seeds that are being planted. 
So when you're feeling kind of lost, you kind of, you look for people that are similar to you. So you gravitate towards them and you start losing your old friends and family because they're not resonating on the same wavelength, the different frequency. Even though we all look the same, we're operating on different frequencies. Some are very, very similar. Hence we, birds of a feather flock together. Uh, and, and that can change over time. So, so don't think, oh my God, I'm changing. And you're on your own. You may be the black sheep of the family. I completely am. I know that for a fact. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so you may be that. And if you're listening to this, you may well be the black sheep of the family. And that's why you're listening to this. So when you kind of get into spirituality or truth or stuff, truth or, move, or movements, the spiritual movement, the truth of movement, as soon as I hear the movement, it to me, that feels like it's a herd, like sheep. Oh, look, all the sheep, oh, the movement of the sheep. I'm not calling the people the sheep, I'm just in real sheep. You know, you've got a, a sheepdog, a farmer whistles and does what he does, and, and the sheepdog, he knows exactly what the instructions are of the farmer and the sheep because they've been trained know the commands of the sheepdog the sheepdog may bark rawr, rawr. good impression <laughs> and um, they move a certain way they go low they go high whatever but a sheep note right we've got to go this way we have to go this way because the sheepdog is saying you know so that's a movement so as soon as I hear a movement, I feel as though it's controlled. That, that's my opinion. Don't know whether it's true or not, but that's how I feel. And especially the past two or three years, the uh, awakening movement, the spiritual movement, the truth of movement seems very blurred and it's all becoming a, a mishmash. And you're getting people arguing over their truths or their awakening, or their spirituality, or anything, and just constantly flipping, arguing. No, obviously, you're not at my level. I'm not saying my level. Just doing a Punch and Judy show. Um, you're not at my level because you obviously clearly don't understand these principles. It's like, who are you? Who are you to say that? You know, that, that's ego right there. You don't understand. You know, I'm I'm better than you. I'm better than you because I've read these books and you haven't. Okay. Yes, knowledge. Uh, uh, what's the word? Helps open up your your eyes. You know your your, your thought processes, etc. You know, reading is knowledge. But if you still believe that you you can be, and it was funny because I was reading a thread earlier. And this guy, oh God, I'm not even, I'm not going to say his name because he uses a name, but it's not his own. And uh, part of the Galactic Federation, <laughs> you know, as soon as you hear that and in loads and thousands and thousands of followers, as soon as you see that, it's like, oh, here we go. <clears throat> and he was, he was condescending. He was. And I thought, oh, it's been really, really patronising there, but coming across as a know-it-all. This, You know, I am... You know, you need to follow me and listen to what I'm saying because I know it all. What you say is wrong. So I forgot to turn the phone silent, sorry. Um, and uh, and literally straight after I read that comment, the person who it's intended for said, well, you're not patronising, are you? <laughs> and I thought, there you go. 
There you go. That's what I thought. That's how it come across. So, yes, they have the freedom of speech to, to say what they like. But the point of freedom of speech is that you should be able to speak your mind, say what you want. I don't think it's a good idea if you're patronising or condescending to others or... You know, and you know, some of us do it every now and then, can't help it, it's just human nature. Um, but if your whole ethos is, you know, a good heart wanting to help others, you know, you can have bad days, we know that. So, there's a freedom of speech there where you know, you can see two people arguing, even though realistically they're on the same side, they're on the same side. But one has decided that their truth, their way, is better than theirs. And he's kind of saying, you need to follow me. It's like, whoa, oh, hold on. Oof. No, 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 no. And it's like, yes, I've, re I've read these books. And, and this is the funny thing. Um, years ago, I would have joined in and gone, oh, hold on a minute. Type, 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 type. It's like, oh, you've read those principles, right? So you're there. Well, obviously, you're at that level and you haven't gone past that level to those teachings. You know, which I, I could have done. So, oh, yeah, yeah, read those, understand those principles, done that. Um, have you gone on to these ones yet? But, you know, nowadays it just turns into an argument. There's no debate. There's no, um, we do get the odd people say, oh, thanks very much for that. I'll, ha I'll have a look at that. I'll research that. Brilliant. And that's great. But when you get the people to say, no, this is the only way. This is the only, I am part of the Galactic Federation, don't you know? They have chosen me to be a representative of you mere mortal humans. That's how it comes across. Whether there is a Galactic Federation of Light or not, who really knows? People say there is. <clears throat> you know people say they're channeling these beings through but are these beings entities pretending to be the galactic federation of light you think really if there was a galactic federation of light that they'd uh, put their light on the earth and just dispel the darkness i don't know maybe i'm wrong it's just uh many many years of doing psychic work mediumship work i i, I tend to trust my guts and uh remember who was it uh, albert pike the 33 degree freemason in the 1800s said you know when they need a hero meaning the people the common folk when they need a hero we shall provide him provide him or them controlled movement you know and um the thing is when, when you uh, express your views you are open to ridicule. You're open to being hounded. And to a certain extent, um, you're open to threats, threats of your life. If you discover something or if you uncover a lie or uncover a conspiracy or, you know, speak out of turn, why are you speaking out of turn? Who has the authority to tell you how to speak? Yeah, we have kind of common morals that uh should we take the mick out of someone for their race their color uh their sexuality um yeah it's not very nice 
I mean, blimey, if, if if you if you grew up in a you know sixties, seventies, and maybe early to mid eighties, geez, it's like the TV programs were full of it. You know, absolutely full of it. Taking a Mickey out of other races, really going for it. Um, uh, and this is it. I, I remember. <laughs> This is a comedian saying this wasn't my words. I just want to um, say that. But I used to go to a, what you call a, a working man's club many years ago as a, as a, a youngster, uh, um, late teens or whatever. I started driving. I still go down. I still went down there. And you'd have comedians in there, you know, proper old school comedians. I won't say the comedian's name. Um, but he was well-known on the circuit, very well-known. And he came from that area in London. And um, now, in in this hall, at a bar, the works, nothing flash or fancy, it's just, you know, for a working man's club. And there were all different races in there, all right? You had blacks, uh, whites, uh, I don't think you had many Chinese, not really. But anyway... Um, Indians, you know, the, the full works, you know, all there because everyone got on. Everyone just got on, regardless of your colour, regardless of where you come from. You're in the working man's club. You're a working man. You're one of us. All right. So everybody got on. So everyone went to watch the comedian knowing what his jokes were like, right? Knowing what his jokes were like. And bearing in mind, a lot of the jokes were racist, sexist, the full works. Okay. And I'm laughing because uh, I think more so it was the reaction of the people he was taking the piss out of, right? That made us laugh even more because they were laughing. Even though he was taking the piss out of them, they were laughing. You know, and this is where people, I think, got uh, the old school comedy wrong. It's like, yeah, it may not necessarily be their views, but at that, that era, that time, that's what got the laughs. That's what got it. Because it was something different. You know, that, that time when people were being shipped in from the Caribbean and, and uh, over India and Pakistan and that coming in. It was new. So, I thought, oh, what's that then? Who are they? And, and they take the piss out of them, you know? And uh, I would say the jokes, but I'm sure there'd be someone out there that would get completely offended, even though I'm telling what joke they said. I was going to say the jokes, but I'm not going to because, uh, as you know, things always get taken the wrong way. And uh, but, uh, it was fantastic. It really was. Not, I'm not saying that the racist jokes were fantastic or the sexist jokes or the homophobic jokes were fantastic. It's just that <laughs> it was such a mixed bag of people in the audience watching, you know, standing up at the bar, propping a bar and laughing. And when you see a black man, an Indian man, with a turban on or whatever, laughing their freaking heads off when a comedian is taking the piss out of their race. You know, they're laughing their heads off. And it's like, wow, oh, this this is, yeah. And then obviously you take the piss out of white people too and, you know, Italians or whatever. And it's like, yeah, take the piss out of everyone. So there's no one that gets uh, left out, as it were. Is that freedom of speech? And all of that kind of humour was kind of pushed away for, you know, new kind of humour. Very, I don't know, shitty humour, really. Um, 
because if 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 uh, he's still on the circuit, the guy's still on the circuit. I don't know what his material is like. It might be exactly the same. I'd love to go and see him again. But um, this is it. And if that was played today, if they did that today, you'd be arrested. You'd be arrested, locked up. You can't say that. You got everyone's upset. It's like what? No, we're not. Yes, you are. No, but we're not. You are upset. You just don't know you're upset. It's like flipping. That's gaslighting, isn't it? And I remember. All right, this is. Um, I saw this. Uh, on a program and what it was it was uh again it was about comedians and you had an old school comedian from this guy's era and you had modern comedians now they did their acts and it's kind of like i don't know comedians got talent type thing you be judged and that and then you get an award at the end who's the best comedian out of the lot and this older guy his act was the famous you know sexist homophobic racist jokes mother-in-law jokes you know um his name les dawson english comedian <laughs> famous for his mother-in-law jokes and he was doing his act and he had the audience but the audience was mainly um millennials is it is it millennials i don't know the younger people anyway that are in their 20s i'd say and they were absolutely disgusted abs you should have seen their faces abs oh my god oh my god Oh, cringe, cringe, cringe. It's like, okay, wow. We're human, but you're 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 a different species because why are you cringing at that when he's joking? It's a joke, he's a comedian. Anyway, so he was getting uh, knocked down, 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 down. And all the other, I don't know what you'd even call them, these comedians that it's just not funny. You know, they say things or they might swear their heads off and people think that's funny. You know, that's your bag, that's your bag. And this guy, he really took it personally and saying, well, I don't understand. I used to fill out auditoriums all over the country. I used to, you know, be packed everywhere. And now nothing. It's because the controllers changed the way society thinks. Social conditioning. And most people are unaware, completely unaware of social conditioning. You know, they make everything taboo, that's taboo, that's taboo, that's taboo. Right, now we've got a different way of life. And they keep doing it and doing it. But this guy, what someone said to him was, he said, right, okay. Right, your acts are seen as offensive. You know, racist, sexist, homophobic. He says, yeah, but I don't mean it. It's just, it's an act. It's an act. And uh, there's a lot of old school comedians that have had exactly the same issues. And now they're not on the circuit anymore. So, what he was advised to do was, right, come on and let people know that your act is a kind of a, a drunken racist bigot. That's your act, right? Let them kind of know. So, you're, you're pretending, say, oh, yeah, yeah, you're your normal self, and now you've gone into, right, I'm playing that role. Which you think, oh, you think that'd be bloody obvious anyway. Back to these kind of millennials, whoever they are, I don't know what what they they'd be called now. They just don't understand it. They just do not get it because they've grown up socially conditioned uh, and a different life path to the older guys, the older generation. So when he come out as a nice guy, yeah, I'm blah, blah, blah. oh, here comes here comes Mister Jones, the racist, and it'll, it'll turn around and go, <clears throat> and then start doing all these jokes and all that. Then he got loads of laughs. 
he got loads and loads of laughs and he climbed through the ranks and actually won the freaking TV series. It's bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Just to appease this audience. You know, they weren't representative of a worldwide audience. It was just a completely, I'd call them a lefty audience. You know? Freedom of speech. It's all right until you upset people. You know, you've got um, Salman Rushdie. Salman Rushdie, who wrote Satanic Verses and that. As soon as he wrote that, there was a, a hit put on him. And it's like, why, why can't I speak my mind? Why can't I explain about this? Why can't I put my twist on it? Why can't I put my version on it? Oh, no, because you've now upset a, a whole race of people. So now there's, uh, you know, threats to his life. Unfortunately, August this year, he was preparing for a lecture in New York. And um, someone got in and stabbed him. Lost a sight in one eye. Lost the use of one hand. Uh, neck wounds. The full works by a 24-year-old who wasn't even freaking born when he'd done it, when he wrote the books. But this is what happens, you know? It's, it's like, <clears throat> if you speak, it's not speaking out of turn, it's speaking your mind, but to some it's speaking out of turn. Therefore, that grudge will be held on and passed down the generations. So this kid, 24-year-old kid, um, most we never read the book or never had a word with uh, Samuel Rushdie. Has learned, obviously, from his either his parents or his religious centre or whatever, that this man is the enemy and you must kill him. How on earth, with that attitude, is humanity ever going to grow? We must kill him because he doesn't agree with us and he's made us look a bit silly. So we've got to kill him. What? Okay, so that's that's uh, that's forward thinking. Again, but that's conditioned. You're not allowed free speech. You cannot do this. You cannot say that. You cannot do this. Like, why? And when when I was doing um, a lot of spiritual work training, and you'd meet people from all over the world, and uh, a lot of Germans and Swiss. And they'd say it was a, oh, what was it now? Don't quote me on this because I might get it a bit wrong. Um, but it was illegal in Germany, is it, to not necessarily talk about Hitler? Was it make any war films or anything like that um, about Hitler in Germany? I think that's the case. I'm, if someone can please clarify, that'd be great. Um, yes, yeah, so it was illegal to make, I think it's to make films or talk about films. Well, yeah, where Hitler was seen as the hero, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know. But it's right. You can't talk about that. You can't talk about that. But what we can talk about is this. Well, hold on. But yeah, you keep banging on about that every freaking year. But it doesn't ring true. Can we not look at this? No, you can't. And like a child, if you're told you can't look at something or say something, do something, what do you do? You do it. <laughs> And then you go down the rabbit hole and then you find, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, this hasn't been portrayed as, you know, correctly. You start questioning. And then you go on that life path. 
in um, France, they, no, this only found this out recently, there's anti-Nazi laws. Right? <laughs> the irony, the absolute irony is just, yeah, a lot of people can't see it. Uh, some guy said something, I don't know if he was French or, or English or whatever, I can't remember, but um, uh, said something, whatever he said, that's it. He, there was a warrant out for his arrest because he said something. And he escaped uh, France. I don't know if it was for uh, months or a few years. And they found him in the UK. Was it Scotland? Might have been Scotland they found him. And he got arrested by the British police. And this is it. When you when you start questioning things like, hold on, how come the British police arrest him when it's nothing to do with nothing to do with France? You know, so how does that happen then? You know, that's because these countries have the same owners. Remember that. If you don't know who George Carlin is, just do a quick search on YouTube and you'll find his videos there. They're not that long, five minutes long. And uh, oh, what, a, what a great guy. And his words rang so true. What he said, I think, was in the 90s. Um, and he said, you have owners. You are owned. All right? There's a great big club and we ain't in it. That's what he says. And that's true. Very, very true. So if you speak about this big club or um, anything else, and this club, I want to go down. Oh, nope, I can't be saying that. Let's arrest him. Let's do this. Let's make their life hell. It's all conditioning, control, conditioning, conditioning, conditioning. The control over humanity is, you know, thankfully it's breaking down. Thankfully, it's breaking down. It's taking a while. It's kind of saying to the rest of humanity, come on, come on, for crying out loud. The whole reason this world has gone to shit is because you're allowing the conditioning of your mind to play out. Just stop it. Say no. Ah, oh, but I want to go on holiday. I need a holiday, so I need to take this, otherwise I can't go. What about your life? Is your life not more important? No, I want to go holiday. <laughs> I want to go in a shop and I can't go in a shop unless I do this. Don't go in a bloody shop then. Find somewhere else that will let you in. Yeah, but I like that shop. Oh, you know? And you wonder why all the bills, all the every price of every bloody product has gone up through the roof. Your compliance. Your compliance has done that. Yeah. Nothing can be done without your compliance. That's why there's so much billions and billions, if not trillions, being spent every bloody day to manipulate you. Once you know there's manipulation going on, it's a lot easier to navigate. It really is. Freedom of speech. You know, it's, it, 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 I just want to go back to um, the thread earlier that I was, I was reading uh, with a condescending guy and uh, <laughs> and this this woman come on and she's going no you are wrong not to the condescending guy to the, the, the poster no you're wrong this and the other and for you to judge this and the other and, to, and it was basically talking about um, it was about 
free speech and about Russell Brand and, and all these other characters and how have they got millions and millions of followers and they are allowed to talk about certain subjects and they don't get their channels taken down. Yet, if me or you said the same things they did, bump, channel's gone. Channel's gone. So some people believe that they're a shill. Controlled opposition. Don't know. No idea. Don't really care, to be honest. Don't really care. But if you're trying to warn people, say, look, just be mindful of you know, who you're following and, uh, and their real ethics, not the ethics they're showing to the world on the screen. This is how they trick you. They're all actors. They're all actors. But this woman's going, yeah, but you're judging this and you're judging that and you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that. Blah, blah. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, can you not see the hypocrisy of what you're doing? <laughs> and lucky enough, uh, the woman went, oh, so you're judging me for judging them. No, I'm not doing that. Well, you are. But you are, quite clearly. And um, this is it. This is uh, it's delusion. It is delusional. And they're caught in a trap, as Elvis said. <laughs> so just be mindful of if you're following anyone, their real ethics, not the ethics they're putting out to the world. Because it's very rare that you get to know, you know, the, these so-called influencers that have got millions and millions of followers. You won't get to know them personally. You won't. They'll just show you a front. And some may be very genuine. Maybe very, very genuine. But then if you look lately, well, over the past year or two, people who you loved as actors, Morgan Freeman, maybe Arnie, Michael Caine, uh, and, and singers and that, you know, famous singers. Very, very, the, the real famous people, you know, like the A-listers. <clears throat> All telling you, adverts on the TV and the radio, you know, to keep everyone safe, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do it for the betterment of mankind and to keep everyone safe. It's like, oh, there we go. There we go. There we go. So for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years or whatever, you follow these people and you've loved them. It's kind of as though, as though you've um, got to know them personally, which you haven't. And you are then uh they've gained your trust right they've gained your trust oh they play such a great character on the telly oh they're such a lovely person oh they i love the way they do this oh aren't they wonderful then they come out and go you need to do this you need to do that so what are people gonna do i love him he's so great oh her she's wonderful she said oh i'm getting it because she said so i'm getting it because he said so it's a sad state of affairs, isn't it? You know? Sad state of affairs. And you wonder why they get so wealthy. Because they're playing their part in the game. Look at, you know, I'm generalising here, but if you look at most people that are doing their nitty-gritty work, getting out there and 
trying to get people to listen to what's really going on out there or trying to change the world, trying to change people's lives for the better, really doing it, not just saying they're doing it, doing it. See how much money they've got. Not much, usually. Obviously, there's exceptions to the rule. You may have made your money, you may, may have uh, become a millionaire and then, uh, then awakened is that word again you may have come into your spirituality gone oh my god what the hell oh, i've been involved in this i just uh oh no i'm not gonna no i'm not gonna say it there's a little teeny video going around it's only about not even two minutes long with justin bieber and i don't know any of his music don't know anything it's just that things are just put in your face like, oh god who's that in but the video was that um, about the record companies and he was taken into a room and what he saw and I'm not going to say it here I'm not going to say it here because you may throw up all right? and that's no joke, you may throw up um, it's always a hard listen, a hard watch even though you've been doing this for like 20 years or so it's still, when you see it, it's oh god and they kind of get them in and he's kind of saying, look, you know, I wouldn't, I now realise that I, I wouldn't have got this fame if I hadn't have gone in that room, seen what I've seen and done what I was told to do. You know, but then what happens? He then becomes a major influencer for young, young teenage children to listen to his music, to listen to the lyrics. I don't know any of the lyrics of his songs, so... Um, and the frequencies of the music, which I'll talk about quite a bit. You know, and it's, uh, yeah. So that speech is allowed. That, that, that's freedom of speech, isn't it? Freedom of speech to put out certain lyrics that will entice your teenage children to do things that they shouldn't really be doing at their age, maybe. <clears throat> but if you say, do you know what? I've invented this car and it runs on water. Look, I'm going to drive it around. Look, I'll just get some water out of the stream. Bump, put it in there. Look, I'm driving around. We all know what happened to Stan Myers, who did exactly that. And quite a few others that invented cars that run on water. We all know what happened to them. <clears throat> you know, we all know what happened to a lot of the holistic doctors in Florida that bought out GCMath. You know, and started speaking about things like, oh, no, can't speak about that. You cannot speak about that. So if someone's got a huge, huge platform and he's saying what they're saying, you've got to ask how that's allowed, that they've been allowed. But they're of the people. They're of the people. They may be showing that. And it's difficult because what, what is it? Ah, oh, you know, it's, I don't know. You might get so engrossed in a certain actor's movies, a certain singer's music, and it may go back generations. It may be from your parents. I mean, look, look at Elvis. You know, look at this. Bang. It was all about Elvis, the rock and roll. Elvis, 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 Elvis. And it was said that if Elvis uh, wasn't so prominent on the music stage, and, and this, no, not tell us, I've got that wrong, sorry. Buddy Holly, all right, Buddy Holly. It was said that if Buddy Holly hadn't have died in that plane crash, 
with the big bopper and uh, Richie Valens, that Elvis wouldn't have been as big as he was. Because if you listen to Buddy Holly's music, you can see it come from the heart. You can feel it. Love it. A song every day, you know? Every day. Lo loads of songs. If you've seen the musical, I advise you go and see it if you haven't seen it. Brilliant. It's, it's phenomenal. You know, uh, and they say the plane come down in the snow. And it was bloody horrendous weather. Did that really happen? Or was he taken out? to make way for Elvis. We don't know. We don't know. Mixture of both. Coincidence. But look at Elvis with um what's her face? Um I've got a name. <laughs> this is the thing. You forget their names because you're just not interested anymore. Um what's her name? What's her name? I've got a name. His wife. But how old was she? When they met, I think it was about 13, wasn't it? Look at a lot of the old rock and roll stars. Um, Jerry Lewis, I think he married his 13-year-old cousin or something like that. And you start looking at it and going, what the bloody hell? There's a freaking pattern here. Why's the screen gone a bit blurry? Well, I don't know. I don't know. No idea. Um, so what they're doing is they're, they're getting you into this movement, the rock and roll movement, the, you know, way the free love movement. And then the people doing it, they're going with very, very young girls. And it's kind of, okay. I mean, um, who's it out of the Rolling Stones? Can't remember now. They went with that young, again, I think she was 13. And it was all over the press. It was everywhere, all over in the 80s. I remember it as a kid. So I think I'm about, about the same age as her, I think. I'm not 13, by the way back then in uh 13 14 15 whatever it was and um you'd see it and it's kind of oh it's in the press it's there it's like oh yeah he's with with her here and it's like because it was in the press in the mainstream it was kind of accepted and when you think about it you think what the hold on a minute oh my god they've they've, they've manipulated my mind to accept that behavior they've manipulated me and that can come as a massive shock and i mean a massive shock so obviously there's different phases to go through you think there's freedom of speech and you think yeah they're free to put out whatever shit that they want but you question it as your freedom of speech you watch how you'll be vilified you watch Oh, yeah, but this and the other. It's like Pete Townsend at The Who. And I love The Who. I love the band The Who. I've seen them. You know, phenomenal band. Great band. But then um, he was caught with um, pornographic images of children on his computer. That's what, we, that's what was told. And he said, oh, he was doing it for research purposes. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. It's difficult because it's like, oh, my God, you know... Um, like my dad was into the Who and the Rolling Stones, and, and, and you know, playing that as a kid, and then when you're great, you're into it, so you, it's kind of ingrained in you. And some of the music, some of the songs, um, uh, Barbara O'Reilly and stuff like that, you know, and, and and you can really get into the words, and it it, it kind of hits you. Oh man, they they know they know what it's all about, and it's got 
pornographic images of children on his laptop. Ah, but it's a kind of an in inside you. It's like, oh, we must have been doing it for research. And this is it. This is how your your brain gets in turmoil. Because if you don't understand gaslighting, if you don't understand social conditioning, you will be taken over by it. You really will. And so, why? Why? Because it's funny how, where we had like Gary Glitter, who was known to go with young girls. And then he even went to Thailand and went with very young girls. Uh, I think he's in prison now, isn't he? I think he is. I'm not sure. So, because he was actually convicted, none of his music was playing. Okay? So they won't play his music anymore. That's it. Um, same as Jimmy Savile. Hosting Top of the Pops. So none of the reruns with Jimmy Savile in it are being run anymore. Rolf Harris. I know these are uh, English-British guys. Um, and then you ask yourself, so if they've been convicted, if they've done this, and it's known they've done this, and their music and their TV programs have been stopped, how comes Michael Jackson's music still playing then? How comes that's still allowed? How comes this, this, and this? Was he guilty? Was he innocent? Don't know. Don't know. I, I would say, that's only my opinion, not fact, I would say he was innocent, being set up. And if you see some of the videos, there's... Uh, I think it's 10 short videos or did he mention 10 things in it and he's been interviewed and said yeah they're going to kill me because of this they're going to kill me lo and behold he died <laughs> yeah. so because he spoke out and if you listen to his music as well they don't care about us they don't care about us and even how wealthy he was he's still I know he was in kind of a bit of a dream dreamland dream world and was a bit bloody crazy. Yeah, it's not not um, advisable to hang your baby out of a window and do that as a publicity stunt. That's a no-no. So, but I suppose in that kind of environment, it's going to drive you crazy, absolutely crazy. You know, getting into there for the music, you know, Jackson 5, whatever. I know apparently his dad wasn't uh, uh, that much of a, a, a nice dad to them all, apparently. But... Um, you know, they're doing it for the love of the music. They're getting in there. They enjoy it. They enjoy the passion and the happiness it brings people. But then you get the corporate bastards that come in and go, right, we're going to change this. We're going to change that. Da, 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 da. And they take over. And then when you start speaking out about it, that's it. I mean, look at George Michael. Didn't he, you know, he's speaking out. Um, oh, was it about Sony? Something like, I can't remember what it was, but again, the, the, his contract or they were stealing his music or they were doing something to his music or not paying or something like that. And he spoke out about it, spoke out about it, bang, that was it. And then he died a few years later as well, on Christmas Day. Here's something, here's something. I dare you to research this. I dare you to research this. Research celebrities that died on Christmas Day. I dare you to research it. I did, and it blew me away. Um, James Brown, living in America. James Brown died Christmas Day. Uh, I can't remember off the, off the top of my head because it was quite a, a while ago when I researched it. But um, research how many celebrities died on Christmas Day. 
if they died and wasn't put in another realm or another place or had reconstructive surgery who knows but look they spoke out publicly was the free speech there that well they had the free speech to to uh, speak out but then the consequences of that free speech changed their lives for the worse not for the better so this is why you have to ask yourself the questions you know as i said earlier if these people with hundreds of thousands of followers, millions of followers, <laughs> you watch, oh dear, you watch, watch what will happen in a you know a couple of years time if I get a hundred thousand followers, fuck it, millions of followers. Oh, well, you know, you you bloody hypocrite, you said that, you know, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> Be interested, but as we know how algorithms work, they don't like the truth. It, the truth is always censored. Um, you know, the, 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 you want to speak your mind and. You know, you'll be censored unless you're part of the system. You know, and it's again a hark back. It's, this has been happening forever and a day. You know, I've spoken quite a lot about Dr. Royal Raymond Rife, who uh, discovered the frequencies of all illnesses and and um, made machines, frequency healing devices that would quash those illnesses. And he spoke out, he said, tomorrow will be the end of all illnesses and diseases as we know it, because we have the cure for everything, for everything. And went quiet after that, wasn't allowed out. So it happens a lot. It happens a hell of a lot, you know. And I suppose it's, um, I don't know. I suppose with, with like this, it's, it's uh, you know, if you're listening to it, on the radio, this on the radio, but these are recorded, obviously. And uh, so you can listen to recordings, you know, but then it's what platform can you listen to the recordings on? Because uh, if you say certain things on YouTube, you know, there are some good videos on YouTube still. A lot of them have been taken down. A lot of them where they're very passionate about what they're talking about. I suppose it's all about the wording, isn't it? You can't say this is this and these bastards here and this that there. Da, da, da. And if you slagged off a kind of a, a certain particular race or whatever, bump, you'll be wiped. If you mention certain things that are going on uh, around the world, you know, you'll be stopped. Freedom of speech does it exist? If you're part of the system, yes. If you're a shill, yes. If you're a troll, yes. <laughs> but if you generally want to help the world and really get out there, your freedom of speech will be attacked. Will be attacked. You know, it's like, like um, I'm, I'm going to say it. I've got to say it. And this is the thing. Sometimes you hold back. Certain things I will do because they're extremely gross and uh, can mess your mind up. Some people, once they hear it, they go, oh, why did you tell me? And they get angry at you, the messenger, for telling them. They really do. It's like, this is going on. Oh, why did you tell me? It's in my head now. It's in my mind. It's, oh, I can't get it out. The image and all this. Well, you did ask. <laughs> the messenger is always shot down, aren't they? But I don't know what it's like for other countries around the world. But here in the UK, there has been non-stop influx of immigrants right via boats from france 
and these immigrants all come from I don't know Syria, Afghanistan, wherever that, those kind of countries, you know, Middle Eastern countries. And they, I'm not joking you, <laughs> so many boats every day, every single day, and even um, a politician, you know, I use that word, um, what's his name, Nigel Farage. He was uh, leader of the UK Independence Party many years ago. And he was on a boat in the English Channel, literally going, look at all these boats coming over. Look at them. He's filming it. Look at all these boats, right? And the funny thing was, was that there's a French naval ship, a destroyer, right? Making sure that these boats get across. And he said, and look, there's the English, uh, I think it was lifeboat or a coast guard or something like that. He said, and look, they're right there allowing them through it's like a safe passage and he said oh, oh look he goes look that destroyer is now turning around and pointing its guns at us because all this is going on daily and because he's like doing a live speaking out about it you know they want to intimidate him with the guns and it's like well hold on a minute if he's a british citizen why isn't the british coast guard or, or whatever they are saying, oi, French, stop. They didn't. Because they have the same owners. <laughs> they have the same owners. But what they're doing is they're um, all coming into this country and the government is telling loads and loads of hotels, and I mean in the hundreds, and this is going on, to house them. And they get a load of money a week they're standing in nice hotels, so all their bedding's being changed, everything is being catered for. And as someone said, I saw uh, someone's video earlier, and they said, you know, what is really, really going on? Because when you think of migrants, immigrants, whatever, you, you think of like a caravan of people, like, you know, families, you know, men, women, children with their belongings, and, you know, but it's not. It's all young men in their 20s, maybe 30s at a push. All fit, healthy, young men. And uh, I saw a video the other week, and one of them was being questioned outside a hotel. He said, yeah, we're in the military. And a few hotels have um, said no, because we don't want to ruin the area, because we rely on tourism. But uh, some hotels have literally just cancelled weddings. They've cancelled people's weddings for next year. No, cancelled. So, you know, one hotel's offered a, a million pounds, a million pounds to house uh, so many immigrants. All damages paid for, all repairs done. But it's a World Heritage like hotel. You know, if you've got old oak, you know, uh, I don't know, columns or, or you know, stuff hundreds of years old and they damage it you can't really re replace that and then one of them one of the hotels apparently said no i'm not letting them in so what did the what did the government do the council they raised their taxes their business rates or whatever no, whoosh, up for, you're not going to do that well we're going to make life hard for you then but the general public the masses do not see this and that's where that freedom of speech is quashed they can't come online and start spouting out and speaking. And, and, and more than likely, you think their businesses have suffered, right? Because of lockdown, their businesses have suffered tremendously, the hospitality industry. 
in a way you might think, well, they've done that. They've destroyed the hospitality, like no money coming in. So hotels, restaurants, shops have all gone bust. Now they're going, well, you know, that happened there. So you should be grateful. We're going to offer you a million pounds. We're going to offer you this. Remember, you didn't have any money. Now we're going to make up for it by giving you this. Only if you do that. It's a bribe. And some are saying no. And when they're saying no, they're being punished. And then, you know, you get the do-gooders saying, oh, you're racist, you're this. It's not, that's nothing to do with freaking racism, you stupid git. You know, stop it. It seems like a massive influx of, like, stupidity and people who just won't question suffer from, as I said before, cognitive dissonance. Not showing discernment, as I spoke about in the last episode. Why is it if you question something, you get all of these labels thrown at you? You're racist, you're homophobic, you're sexist, you're, I don't know, so many labels nowadays. Why can't I question that? You'll see it, and it's happening in Ireland as well. So the whole culture is changing. You know? I mean, you imagine if this country had, you know, Indian or Pakistani uh, prime ministers and mayors. Oh, it does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. And it's, it's not to say that it's, you know, we shouldn't have that, but it's just like, you know, they're coming in and changing the culture of everything, changing it. Oh, dear. <clears throat> because they're connected. You know, they're being used for an agenda. We're going to be doing this. Oh, we, we feel your pain. No, you freaking don't. You know, I mean, really, all politicians and, and leaders and whatever should, in my opinion, um, go without, really, I mean, really go without, you know, live on the streets or something like that, or have, I don't know, £50, £100 a week to live on. That's it. You're not getting anything. You're not doing it for a year, two, three, five years or whatever. So they actually feel it. It's only when they feel it, they'll do something positive. Like when they're in their privileged lifestyles, their ginormous mansions, and some of their mansions that these politicians own, beyond mansions, like stately homes with like hundreds of bedrooms in, and acres and acres of land, all stolen, by the way. You know it's been stolen uh, by their ancestors. And it's like, um, if you ever see the, the, the early 70s film Oliver Cromwell with um, Richard Harris. What a great actor, Richard Harris. These are actors before it got all, you know, stupid and, uh, you know, taken over. And, um, and the opening scene is in England and the common land and, and people are farming the common land. And then this great big grand carriage you know like the queen's carriage pulls up these horses pulling it what would this be in the early 1600s i think it's the early 1600s you'll know when oliver cromwell was about and uh, charles the first cavaliers and roundheads and um and then uh, uh, then an entourage of other like smaller like uh, wagons really and they just pulled up and these wagons get out and they've got these kind of fences and that and they started whacking these fences in and uh 
one of the, the guys, he was hoeing the ground uh, and he goes, he, he went up to the, the big posh carriage and this guy opened the window with a big, you know, like the long curly hair wigs they had then. Yes. Said, what do you think you're doing? This is common land. This is, we are farming the land. This is our land, common land. Um, not anymore. The king has given it all to me. Said, what do you mean? It's our land. Bang. Got knocked to the ground. Been happening a very, very long time. So all these people that have these stately homes and that, it's all stolen, stolen land. Could you imagine if everyone got together and said, we're taking it back? Imagine that. Imagine if the world grew some freaking balls. Big balls. <laughs> That's what it means. Yeah. So first step, be aware of your social conditioning. Be aware of it. Be aware you are being conditioned constantly constantly every freaking day we're being conditioned every it's a bombardment of frequency again flash 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 it's like oh and if you've seen i know i talk on about films a lot but you know you can learn a lot from certain films like one flew over the cuckoo nest cuckoo's nest again it's the early 70s with malcolm mcdowell Oh, what awesome! That's a cult film. That is, that's a real cult film. There's a few not so nice scenes in it, but he's, uh, you know, then put in a chair and his eyes are stuck open. They're actually stuck open like that. They're forced open with whatever devices, and he has to watch this like conditioning, conditioning, conditioning. And that's kind of being, that's kind of happening right now, isn't it? Via the TV, via the internet, via whatever, you know. So be mindful, be mindful, be mindful of your free speech because it doesn't exist unless you're a shill by the look of it. But uh, um, yeah. But why, why shouldn't you speak your mind? Why shouldn't you speak your mind? Why shouldn't you be able to point out and say, oh, what you're doing is wrong. Oh, hold on a minute, you're doing that. No. I drive an electric car. Yeah, but look how many people have died to make your car. Look at the earth has been raped of the lithium. And, and these children in these countries and these horrific conditions are don't mind it and they're falling down the holes dying or breaking their legs or whatever just so that you can have your electric car because you've been sold to oh i'm sure such a you know dickhead oh is it not true yes it's true but you just don't want to face it because you've got your electric car why are we not on hydrogen why are we not having, you know, I don't know, like I've said on one of the podcasts before, in Russia, they, they unearthed a, when they dug up a road, they found out below there was all these, uh, like a metal road. Why the hell do you have a metal road to conduct things? Energy, whatever. May have had vehicles hundreds of years ago that we don't know about that um, run by the electricity passing through that and some kind of mechanism or whatever. don't know. Pretty much like if, you know, dodgems, bumper cars, where they work, don't they? They have the pole up and hooked to like an electrical grid. And it's the power on that grid up there that allows you to go. And if they turn the power up on that grid, you can go faster. And what I noticed over the past few years from take the kids to a fun fair, which they love the dodgems, um, and they get on it and it's just pooling along. I said, yeah, because they've turned the power down, charging more money, turning the power down so you go slower, which means they're not forking out so much on electricity. 
So uh, interesting, eh? Interesting. So I would say speak your mind. Just say it how it is. It's uh, it's it's great in a way. You can speak your mind and see what the fallout is. Speak your mind. I bet you've speak, spoken your mind around your family, your partner, loved ones, friends, whatever. And I bet they've kind of turned on you or ridiculed you. See who does that. You know? And if you're in a truther, spiritual, uh, awakening movement, watch it there as well. You'll see it. So, uh, and th this is why, again, showing discernment. And it's like, do I want to be surrounded by those people? No, I don't. You know, it's just... <clears throat> why why can't I say this? Why well, well, it upsets my feelings? And just because it's upset your feelings doesn't mean it's not true. It's just that you refuse to face it. You refuse to do your shadow work. You refuse to do your inner child work, you know? And, and I was talking to a very good friend last night and I uh, was just talking about it, like being ostracized from certain circles because you speak your mind. And um, saying that, yeah, we don't mind being on our own. We don't mind it. Um, because dealing with our demons, dealt with them, you're constantly dealing with demons all the time. Um, but a lot of people cannot be on their own. They just cannot be on their own because if they're on their own and they have their thoughts going in their mind, they have to face those thoughts and those thoughts can drive them crazy. I've had friends, male friends, that just cannot live on their own. They go from partner to partner to partner, non-stop. Non and what they're doing is, that they're all, you know, not friends anymore, but uh, they're already lining the next one up already they're not getting their own way they're lining those you know this loads of people are like this they're lining the next one up the next victim up the next supporter up and then on purpose they can cause shit in a relationship or the friendship so it's all on you it's your fault and then that, the poor people then feel guilty that they've done something that's ruined the relationship the friendship and it's not them it's just been played and they have no idea Holding now with someone else. All right. Oh, and now they're with someone else. Oh, and now they're with someone else. Oh, they got married. Oh, well, they got married. Oh, yeah, they got a lot of money. They got this and they don't have to do so much. And that person loves their bullshit. Oh, okay. Oh, they got divorced. I was getting married again. <laughs> it's nonstop. So, are you scared of being on your own? How are you when you're by yourself? Do your thoughts start entering in and your demons start coming out? You know, does it drive you crazy? <clears throat> It'll only do that if you're not dealing with your issues, your internal demons, your inner child, dealing with your shadow work, real spirituality, you know, discovering who you are, what makes you tick. And this is why you've got religions to control what you think, control, control uh, to control who you think you are, to constantly look out of yourself. 
Where's the next saviour? They're the oh, that saviour there. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do this. And God, please save me. You are your own God. You are. But you start spouting that as free speech. You'll be ridiculed. You'll be classed as a nutcase, as a conspiracy theorist, as whatever. Whatever label. It's like labels, labels, get your labels here. Stick it on you there. Stick it on there. Oh, could you imagine if... Um, all the labels you have, and don't forget, you're going to be wearing labels you don't even know you have because of what other people think of you. Imagine that. Oh, you're this, you're that, you're this. Oh, you'd be covered in labels. <laughs> and there is a saying, whatever anyone else thinks of you is none of your business. And that is true. Very hard to accept. Very hard to accept. But it's true. If someone thinks badly of you, it's not your business. It's not your business to try and please them or to try and turn them around. If they, they think that of you, they think that of you. Dependent on your actions, if you've been an arsehole and they say, you're an arsehole, you've got to accept you're an arsehole or you've been an arsehole at that time. Yeah? So, uh, <clears throat> are you... I was going to say, are you a free speecher? Is that a word? <laughs> free speecher? Are you an advocate of free speech? Or do you think certain things should be censored? If so, what things should be censored? Politicians, <laughs> bankers, pharmaceutical companies. You know. Yeah, so anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. Have, have a think on that. Free speech. Free speech. Are you speaking your mind? If not, why not? Fear. Fear stands for false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. Fear in the mind. You know, it, it's just it, digressing slightly, but if you think about it, we've, you know, so we've got one life, we may have many. As I do past life regressions for people, <laughs> you can say you, know, you have hundreds, if not thousands, of past lives. But if you even just go off the thought that you're living this here and now life, and then you get reset, might have your memory wiped and come back down and live another life, unless you avoid the false white light. That's a very uh, contradictory, not contradictory. What's that? Oh, brain's gone. Um, it's a very touchy subject. A lot of people get the ump over that, especially the spiritual people really get the ump over that, the false light. Um, if, if you think, right, okay, I'm going to live to, I don't know, 70, 80, whatever, 90, 150. Are you, you going to stay bogged down? If you think, stuff it. Let's just do this. Let's just go for it. What's the worst that can happen? You stuff up. You make mistakes. How do you learn? By making bloody mistakes. So if you're not making mistakes, if you're not challenging yourself, trying new things, learning new things, speaking your mind, are you really living at all? Then we could ask the question, do you really want to live or are you just happy just plodding along, which seems most people are. You know, there's so much to learn. Oh, you know, 
when I mean so much to learn, it, it could take several, no, more than several lifetimes because there's so many different teachings and stuff. Um, and some are misinformation. They've been devised for you to follow a false path for you to believe in that. You know, look at the Dead Sea Scrolls. Where are they? Oh, you can't read them. Oh, I want to read them. Might be able to find some online, but will we have access to all of them? I don't really know. Hmm. Okay. This. Uh, yeah. The, the the just very very quickly. This is what happens. It's supposed to be a, a short podcast. <laughs> Always goes on. Um, the great great library of Alexandria, Egypt. Apparently, when. Uh, uh, how they got all their books was um, it was a massive trading hub thousands of years ago. Mass trading hub. So all, all different nationalities, cultures would come there to trade and they did pass it. They'd obviously go further down to Africa. So you've got the boats coming in from the Mediterranean or wherever. Then you've got the countries of Africa, Egypt, Israel and Syria all coming in there. So yeah, coming from all directions. And apparently... Um, any any uh, travellers coming into Alexandria or the boats coming in, they would not be allowed to come off the boat until they hand all their books over. Right, their books of knowledge. Imagine that thousands of years ago, the books of knowledge. Imagine what what knowledge is there. And apparently, the scholars, the Egyptian scholars, would then copy the books. Make copies of them. The the same materials, the same colouring, the same wording, the same. Uh, I was going to say the same typeface. I'm sure they'd all been written. We don't know. They may have had printers back then. We don't know, do we? We really don't know. And then they give the people on the boats or the travellers back the copies, and they kept the originals. The Great Library of Alexandria, the wealth of knowledge which then mysteriously burned down. Where did all those books go? Some say the Vatican vaults. Interesting stuff, eh? Well, there's a wealth of knowledge out there. Some very good uh, philosophers out there. You know, myself, I listen to Rudolf Steiner, you know, would say religiously, if the information is fantastic, you know, it's just like, oh man, why did I discover this like 20, 30 years ago? Why now? Obviously, meant for a reason right now. Because, 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 the wonderful Wizard of Oz, some of the stuff he says, bear in mind, his lectures were over 100 years ago. The lecture I listened to the other night was 1904. 118 years ago. Then there's lectures throughout World War I, 1917, you know, 19, you know, up to 1922, 24, I think. And the knowledge he had you listen to it it's like wow hold on a minute all that knowledge has been kept why doesn't the common man why don't the people have this knowledge but he even said that um i think it's theophysy uh didn't didn't work back then because of world war one it stopped like a big massive spiritual movement stopped it and he said the next opportunity available for humanity to grow, to learn the old ways, the old skills, the occult knowledge, will be in a hundred years' time, around a hundred years' time, which is now. 
So therefore, maybe he said he said it. I didn't. It's in his lectures and um, just discovering him recently. This this year, last year, that's the hundred years. Now's the time to learn about it and apply it. So find these old philosophers, you know, Neville Goddard and stuff like Alan Watts. Brilliant, love it. So rather than watching I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, Nonce Fest, all, these, all this crap out there, listen to this. Put it on in the background. I was, you know, earlier listening to this uh, uh, Jordan Maxwell. Oh, the knowledge that man's got, like the symbols of the, of the ages, whatever it's called, symbol, symbology. It says they all use symbols. I won't go on about that now because that's another great big subject. Um, but it's like a five-hour video, so I've listened to about 40 minutes of it. And but you get entranced, and it's like, oh, this is like, wow, this is amazing. This is phenomenal stuff. And he died early this year, didn't he? Jordan Maxwell. But yeah, the, the knowledge of symbols and Freemasons and this that, and the other. So interesting stuff. So it's, it's, even if you're just putting it on the background, and what it is, and, and that's why sometimes I make notes when I'm listening to it. Oh, oh, I could use that. I could use that as a podcast. Or oh, I could do. Oh, right, let's listen more. What's he saying? And it resonates. It's like it's as though you're there. You know what he's talking about. Maybe hundreds of years old or thousands of years old, actually, because some of what he talks about is before Christ. And who the Christians are really worshiping. That's, that's really interesting. And it's, uh, and it's just uh, when you see like old pictures that have been drawn and they're hundreds of years old, if not thousand years old, and the pictures that are drawn and and what he's saying. And, and then uh, then to modern day, what the, the same images and symbols are still being used, but you just see them as logos on cars, on companies, and stuff like that. And it's, yeah. Oh, I'm getting excited. Look, I've got to stop now because otherwise I'll start going into another podcast. It'll be like 15 hours long. It'll be, uh, oh, I look like Father Christmas with a beard growing. But um, yeah, thanks very much for listening, guys. Do appreciate it. Really do appreciate it. I hope you learned something from there and uh, you take care. All right. And see you on the next episode. All right. Bye bye.